0: Hello, and welcome to Fibroflare, a podcast dedicated to fibromyalgia and helping those with this condition find options, advice, and an open conversation about dealing with our bodies. This podcast is brought to you by Tamara Sack Yoga, a yoga company that is focused on helping those with fibromyalgia and other related conditions find relief through yoga practices that are customized and accessible. I am Tamara Sack, registered yoga teacher and owner of Tamara Sack Yoga. While I am not in any way a medical professional and anything discussed in this podcast should not be considered medical advice, I am very passionate about sharing what I have learned through my yoga training, research, and over 15 years of dealing with fibromyalgia with all of you and allowing an open conversation about our experiences and our options. Therefore, I encourage you to post your stories, reactions, questions, and thoughts on the Facebook page for this podcast, which can be found by searching at Podcast. That's F-I-B-R-O-F-L-A-I-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can find more information about my yoga company, classes, and special offerings at tamrasackyoga.com. Welcome to today's podcast, where I'm going to address a very common question that I get asked. How do I find chronic illness-informed yoga, and what should I ask before taking my first class? If you look at a typical yoga studio's offerings, you might see a lot of things with mystifying titles, especially if you're new to the yoga world. Vinyasa, Hatha, Bikram, hot yoga, mixed levels, chair, Iyengar. These, and many, many more, are common listings that may not always come with clear explanations of what they entail. So how do you, someone with a chronic illness, find something that at least has a good chance of being effective for you? A little disclaimer here. I am a registered yoga teacher, trained primarily in the vinyasa and yin styles, but I'm not familiar with every single teacher's way of doing things in every single style of yoga there is. I'm not quote-unquote demonizing or completely discouraging different styles or types of yoga. There are students who will find a lot of benefits from these styles, and that may include people with chronic illnesses. However, in my experience and research, I have found that most people with chronic illnesses like fibromyalgia tend to do better in specific types of classes. Ergo, think of these as guidelines, not set in stone rules, and again, work with your medical team and your own body when trying any new yoga class. So to begin with, let's start narrowing down our focus by exploring some common types of yoga that may not be the best fit for you. Bikram, Yoga Sculpt, and Hot Yoga are usually types that I advise beginners to either avoid or wait until their skills and health levels have improved before exploring. Many of these classes are taught at a high intensity, which can be problematic, and they don't always include variations or modifications for people with different body types, abilities, injuries, or stamina. Hot yoga can be very rewarding for many, but unless you are a person who is very self-aware of what your body's normal limitations are with stretching and movement, it can be a little dangerous for you. The high temperatures won't just put you at risk for passing out if you're not properly hydrated or listening to body cues, but they will also allow connective tissue and muscles to move further than normal. If you are not very aware of just how far past your normal abilities you are moving, you can end up pulling, tearing, or otherwise damaging your body. Many brand new yoga students do not have this self-awareness. And so I highly encourage developing that awareness before exploring more intense yoga classes or yoga class that feature higher temperatures. So what are some keywords to look for in class titles if you are someone with fibromyalgia and wanting to join a yoga class? Hatha, Vinyasa, some Yin, or Iyengar are good places to start as they tend to be more gentle, really incorporate breathwork, and have a lot of variations and modifications possible. This does not guarantee that the teacher will be trained in dealing with students with chronic illnesses, however. Classes that are labeled accessible, restorative, gentle, or modified will usually have a more informed teacher who can give you a lot of customized support in your practice. Mixed levels usually indicates that the class is tiered, with options given with each pose or flow, a series of poses linked together, so that you can pick the level of challenge that is appropriate for you. Yoga Nidra is a special kind of class that focuses on deep relaxation and can be amazingly beneficial for those with fibromyalgia or other chronic illnesses. It's one of my favorite classes to teach, and a field of yoga that I'm quite passionate about, so be prepared for other podcast episodes to come on this class type. More important than the class title or description, however, is the teacher. People with chronic illnesses like fibromyalgia often have to be their own advocates, so be prepared to ask a lot of questions before you enroll in the class. If the teacher is resistant to the questions, that may be a sign that this is not a good fit for you, as most students with fibromyalgia need a teacher who is willing to explain, research, and customize the yoga program, especially at the beginning. So here are some of the key questions to ask of a teacher. Number one, do you offer modifications or variations to poses in class? This should be one of your first questions as it will immediately reveal whether the teacher is flexible (pun intended) and able to customize the class to you. Many people with chronic illnesses will require adaptation and if the teacher is not willing or able to provide options, it could lead to discouragement at best or injury at worst. Whether the teacher just naturally gives these options throughout the class or only upon request can vary. So you may need to advocate for yourself and speak up if you need help or if something doesn't feel right. A good teacher will be watching the students, but they cannot know everything that is happening in your body all of the time. So it's ultimately your responsibility to let them know. Number two, what kind of training do you have? And have you ever studied accessible or chronic illness-informed yoga? Most yoga teacher programs are classified by the number of hours in study and practice. A 200-hour certification can be thought of like a bachelor's degree, a 500-hour certification kind of like a master's degree, and any number above that usually indicates something that we would consider like a PhD or post-secondary level of experience and knowledge. Some teachers will also state that they are experienced at whatever level they have which indicates that they have taught for years and usually have at least a 1,000 hours worth of teaching experience, although these numbers can vary according to their certification level and what guidelines the teacher is following. One teacher training program, YogaFit, doesn't use the hour system and can be a little bit more complicated to understand just how much training a teacher has, although asking what level they are at can give you some indications. The variance in certifications and levels is primarily due to there not being a formal accreditation or licensing body in the U.S. for yoga teachers, at least not yet. A few optional ones exist, like Yoga Alliance and Yoga Unity. There are pros and cons to these organizations, and some teachers will not associate with any regulating body. This doesn't necessarily mean that they will be poor teachers or don't know what they're talking about but it does signal that there was no outside party ensuring appropriate rigor and depth to the training before the teachers were allowed to instruct students. There are also some training programs that are criticized for not including accessibility or adaptation in their curriculum, and as this is something you are very likely to need, it's very good to know what experience or resources the teacher has. Keep in mind that you may find a very effective teacher even without them having had a specific training or having a chronic illness themselves. This being said, a teacher who has sought out reliable training in accessibility, chronic illnesses, or similar fields is more likely to be successful for you, and you may feel more confident in their classes. Also note that you might find a very well-trained teacher, but their style may not be to your liking some teachers are quiet others use a sense of humor some are more hands-on with adjustments provided that you consent to that and others will only use their words to correct you be aware that it may take a few tries with a few different teachers to find one that works really well with your needs and your personality number three i have fill in the blank condition have you ever worked with someone with this condition or how would you or Would you modify class to accommodate someone like me? If you're not comfortable revealing your exact medical diagnosis to a yoga teacher, you are not required to disclose it. However, for your own safety, it's best to at least give the teacher an idea of what might need to be prepared for, like accommodating a wheelchair, providing options that avoid an injured hip, etc., Remember, the teacher is not liable for any injuries or poor results that occur because you didn't appropriately disclose these things, and that's mostly because nearly every teacher in studio will have you sign a liability release waiver before coming to class. As a teacher, I would feel horrible if I let a student into a pose that hurt them because I didn't know of a counterindicated condition, and I always want to be as prepared as possible. How you balance your privacy with your safety is up to you, but know that this can have an impact on the teacher and your success in the class. To note here it's not so much if the teacher has extensive experience with your particular condition, although that is always a plus. But rather if the teacher is dedicated to accommodating you, researching options that are appropriate, and willing to learn aside to you. These are the kinds of teachers that will often be the best fit for you. Number four. What materials am I required to bring to class? Does the class provide additional props if I need them? Not all studios and teachers have extra props or materials, or they may have a very limited number available. Some will rent equipment to students or sell them older materials at a discount. Any teacher or studio should be able to guide you to places to find the materials you want and need and explain what qualities are recommended or address cost concerns. Most teachers will have preferred brands, like most of us do with just about everything we purchase, and some will also have distributor or other selling accounts with certain brands. This can, of course, indicate a strong bias, and you may need to do your own research on alternative brands, but it may also be a way for you to get reliable, ecologically friendly materials and sometimes at a good discount. For those taking virtual courses, teachers should also be able to advise on non-yoga specific options in most homes that can replace props, such as using a sash from a bathrobe instead of a yoga strap. I'll also have a podcast later on this topic exploring a wide variety of options that you can use at home while also addressing any possible safety concerns. Number 5. What costs are there for classes? And what types of classes and programs do you offer? Some teachers offer a per class price or discounts for monthly or annual memberships or class packages. Some teachers will offer regular or occasional donation-based classes. The prices will vary greatly according to the expertise of the teacher, the location of the studio, the area of the country, the type of class, and perhaps if the class is offered virtually instead of in person. Make sure that you understand what all of your options are and if there are any current or upcoming promotions that you may want to take advantage of. Number six, what are your absentee or late cancel policies for classes? This can be very important for those with chronic illnesses, as sometimes we will have very bad days that will keep us at home or restrict us from safe driving with little or no notice. You need to be aware if there is a grace policy for people with these conditions, or if there's charges after a certain number of incidents, or if there's just a flat price for a series of classes whether you attend or not. If you have typically stronger symptoms during certain times of the year, this may make a big impact on what classes you choose to take and what packages would be best for you. If you are also concerned about weather and road conditions, asking about winter policies would be wise, as well as how notifications are sent out and if charges are still made if the teacher cancels the class due to emergencies, weather conditions, or other situations. Number seven, how should I dress for class? Now, normally, this isn't a question i go over, as you would typically just wear something that you are appropriately covered in and can move freely in, and others should respect your choice of clothing. Sometimes, though, there may be some more regulations. For example, during the COVID-19 pandemic, masks were often required during practice, and many students would have to provide their own. Additionally, some classes may also be trauma-informed and request clothing that is less revealing, does not have writing or symbols that could be offensive or troubling, or that all students must wear shirts in lieu of sports bras or muscle tanks or some men going shirtless. It is absolutely your choice to avoid classes that have stricter dress codes. But if you do choose to attend these classes, please respect the rules provided as they are nearly always instituted to ensure the safety and comfort of all students and teachers. So most teachers and studios will have contact information where you can call or text or write to the teacher to ask these and any other questions you may have, therefore allowing you to be fully informed before class. That does not mean, however, that you have to do all this research before a class, especially if you have a recommendation from another student or somebody else who knows the yoga teacher. Some of us are going to have more concerns, doubts, or worries than others, so that's why this extensive list should be able to address most of those and give you the confidence you need to begin a yoga practice. Some yoga teachers will have a one-on-one consultation option where you can meet in person and discuss these things as well as get a functional assessment of your abilities completed so the teacher can understand how to best guide you in future classes. This may be free, a part of the price of a program, or be billed as a private session. Private sessions are often more costly than that of group or public classes, but sometimes can be very much worth the expense to have the individualized and customized attention. If you're also somebody who's a little gym shy or exercise shy, maybe starting out with a few private sessions could give you the confidence in your movement abilities, so that when you go into a public class, you're not going to be as concerned. One note about this. Most teachers have a non-comparison policy, which means you do not compare your performance, your body, anything to anybody else, and nobody compares themselves with you. This is actually part of yoga philosophy uh, called Ahimsa, which means non-violence, because it is harmful to you and harmful to others if you're constantly comparing. So While it may be ingrained in us to be looking around and seeing what other people are doing and how good are they and, oh, I should look like that, you're not supposed to and you're not hopefully going to find that in a yoga class. A yoga class is about you and your practice guided by a teacher. If there's other students in the class, great. If there's no other students in the class, great. But this is ultimately about you seeking help and support for physical movement, for breath work, for relaxation, for whatever your goal is. Please do not allow comparison to stop you from getting into a class. You are worth it and so much more. As always, thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next podcast.